Welcome to the Soulful Sound Podcast. This podcast is about celebrating the leaders, teachers, and coaches who guide fellow humans to connect, heal, and discover themselves so they can express their gifts into the world. I am Simone Niles, a coach, sound healer, vocalist, and author. Thank you for being here with me today. Welcome everyone to a new episode on the Soulful Sound podcast, where I am joined by this amazing, beautiful soul, Matthias Omotola, who was awakened by the voice of his divine purpose at the age of 12. Matthias is on a lifelong mission to heal the relationship between men and women by guiding individuals to connect with their authentic self and fully express their greatest version of that self to the world. He is also founder of MasteringTantra.com and is a certified instructor of cosmic sexuality, amongst many other wonderful things. Welcome, welcome, Matthias. Thank you for your time today. Thank you, Simone. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I really was excited to have you on because um, when I read your bio, it's very rare that I come across others like myself who, who says, you know, I've had this calling or from a very young age, I've been awakened or something came to me. Um, and I'm really curious about that first piece of you being 12 and feeling like the purpose right now for you is to heal the relationships between men and women. I'd love to know a little yeah. bit about how that came about. Definitely. Well, as a child, I was always observant. So I would either be thinking of solutions in my head or, um, you know, just running scenarios the way that Mm -hmm. I see it. It was like running iterations of experiments in my head. And I was really observant. I I grew up in a uh, religious family and uh, very pretty strict religious and a Jehovah Witness, actually, a family. So like freedom of expression and, and unique individuality was not you know, really encouraged, it was more following doctrine and uh, certain, you know, behaviors within that culture. And within that, you know, it it made me internalize a lot. I had Mm -hmm. to reflect a lot internally of what was going on within myself um, because I couldn't express it. I couldn't just, you know, let it out. And so by the time I got to 12 and really started thinking about relationship and feeling into relationship, I I would start to look from the different history books that I've read or the information that I came across on the man-woman relationship. And in the religion, there was all the talk about Jesus being a perfect man. And you hear about, you know, Buddha, Muhammad, and these different Mm -hmm. leaders and, you know, Kuan Yin and Athena and these goddesses. And in our culture, there isn't a lot of exposure to what is the perfect relationship. Mm. So we start off in the Garden of Eden and the fall of man, quote unquote, and we don't have any reference for that. And so that was the question that I internally asked. I was like, wow, where is that, you know, perfect man, perfect woman? And a voice returned to me and said, that's why you're here. Mm. And it was just very clear, just matter of fact, um, you know, it, the way that I see it when we're called to our purpose, I feel that we're part of a greater organism mm-hmm. as as beings, right? So we are individuals, just like we have individual cells, but individual cells collectively make organs yes. and those collectively make something greater. Mm-hmm. And when we can awaken to that awareness that we're part of something individually, but we're also part of something greater, it gives some clarity. So the greater issue that I saw was this 
collective man-woman problem. And I consider it a problem because I, I see that we've been at war for a long time. Just the language that we use in modern culture um, around men and women, you hear in you know different musical songs, you know, bitches, hoes, sluts, like all these terms. You hear men are dogs, players, you know, all these other terms. Yeah. And one of the things, you know, Lao Tzu, as far as in the art of war, one of the first things you do to your opponent, your enemy in war, is you dehumanize them. Mm. You do take away their identity as being human. You give them a name that makes them less than human. And then once you do that, now that they're less than human, you can treat them as such and you can do anything to them because yeah. you couldn't do the things in war that you do to destroy someone. Mm -hmm. If they were human, you wouldn't do that to your, yeah. to your fellow human. So in that, uh, that's something that I observed that it was just so wrong. You know, mm -hmm. I saw it within my parents' relationships and they're, you know, still together to this day, but I saw certain energetic dynamics, just being sensitive, not even really knowing all about energy, just how men and women were interacting, how things were going, everything from sitcoms to TV shows to movies. And it seemed some of it was nice, but it never felt the deeply cosmically powerful, intimate, mm. truly desirous uh, path of connection that mm. I feel that is possible and that I've had the luxury of being able to experience at, at moments mm. because there's so many fluctuations. But the big thing is knowing that it's there and actually pursuing it wholeheartedly is, yeah. is something that I really try and encourage people to to not to settle and not mm -hmm. to acquiesce to the way that things are, but to actually strive for something greater because it's available. Yeah, that is beautiful. I, oh, that touched me beautifully. I want to talk a little bit about the kind of cosmic side because you used that word in there and it, and it jumped out to me. Um, I know that uh, in terms of working with couples or women and men in, and healing in the work that you do, there will be many iterations or aspects of what's going on that you'll be working with in terms of mm -hmm. on the on the surface. There are a lot of different situations and and so on in relationships. What would you say is if if there is a common thread that's underpinning all of that 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 you feel is really the main point of what as a relation in terms of relationship between man and woman needs to be a part of the healing process. Is there that one common thread that you think if this can happen, then there is this rippling effect of what can come up to the surface? Well, definitely. And, and this, I'll go back to, to the cell analogy, the cell and organism yes. analogy, right? So uh, the cells know what they need to do naturally and by nature. You don't have to tell a bird how to be a bird. Mm -hmm. You don't have to, to show it. There's a nature about masculine and feminine. And I use masculine and feminine as these energetic forces. Yes. Um, and, and two people that I really like is Justin and London. They teach uh, intimacy of yoga, I believe it is. Mm -hmm. And uh, they have a really beautiful terminology of alpha and omega energy. Alpha being the masculine, leading, omega being following in, in the end. Um, or giving and receiving is another way that you can, can look at these, these different energies. But in the body, when we have a cut, the body already has its own intelligence that says, yes. 
okay, send these type of cells. If we have some type of infection, it says send these type of cells. So it already has the this type of intelligence. Now, the thing is, do you know what cell you are? Mm-hmm. Right? Do you know what your makeup is? Do you know your purpose? And, and this is where, to me, the stages that we need to look at is evolving as a species is helping people connect to their authentic self mm-hmm. to be able to identify what type of cell are they where what support system are they making up something larger are they part of a nervous system that connects people mm-hmm. are they a healing cell that goes out to, to heal and support or you know are they a blood cell and they, they circulate through throughout helping all the different things and being part of something so That's the first thing is helping people connect to their authentic self. Once you're authentic, you can communicate more honestly, more fully from your heart and truly who you are to see if there's a resonance that matches you to the Mm -hmm. other person. And then from that matching space, then you can work on entering into the golden age and lighting that spark of the golden age of humanity. But we're not going to get there unless we're first being truthful with ourselves and authentic with ourselves. And now as the Oracle of Delphi said above her door, and that is know thyself, Mm -hmm. right? That is, that is the wisdom that every relationship needs because being able to communicate who you are honestly will allow the other person to be able to choose to connect with you honestly. Yeah. Every mask that we wear, every layer that we put on that we have our partner connect to removes a layer of authenticity that they could be connected to. Mm-hmm. So if you think of it as a circuit board, we put up these dummy circuits to say, Ooh, run energy through here and here and here. And they plug into that. They say, that's you. Okay. I'm going to love you the best I can, or I'm going to deal with you. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I might be able to love that, but I'm going to deal with it. So they plug into these aspects of you, but over time, as those aspects get fed, it doesn't really feed the soul because that wasn't your authentic self that was put forth. Yes. So in time, as you start to want to connect more to those deeper circuits and those things fall away, it feels like you don't really know that person or you're not really being seen by that person. Mm-hmm. And they're doing their best. But the whole thing is they didn't, they, they're pretty much writing on the window yeah. instead of being actually in the same room with you. Yeah, doing their best with what they have or what they've been given or what they've been shown. And then you have two individuals doing that. And then you've got all the circuits going crazy somewhere in the middle. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So that's it, is knowing that. And then knowing some of the innate things that are comforting to the masculine and feminine. Right. So knowing those areas of energetics that help a man feel strong, on purpose and trusted. And those aspects of a woman that will help her feel safe and loved and supported. Like you, you can find those. And when you find what does that for your partner, now you're creating this beautiful weave, which Tantra is all about weaving the energy. It's mm-hmm. like taking a piece of, you know, string or yarn. You have, you know, just a piece of string, but if you weave it together, you can create a beautiful tapestry. Yes. Right. Yeah. And that, that is what we need to start looking at our life as mm. instead of this commercial exchange of give and take yes. it's weaving and adding. Yes. Yeah. And can you speak a little bit more to those differences? What 
the masculine and the feminine require. So you used safety and then you use trust and you use a few different words in there. Can you speak yeah, a little bit more to those? Definitely. Well, speaking from, you know, a masculine man in a masculine body, I, I can tell you one of the, the greatest feelings and one of the greatest words to heal from the feminine, hear from the feminine and, and to feel is not the word I love you. Mm. I love you is nice and, and it can feel really good. But what creates what I found a very deep connection with the masculine from the feminine is if a woman can wholeheartedly open up, look into the eyes in a state of surrender mm. and say, I trust you. Right. For the masculine to feel that he is trusted in the way that he moves to the world, the way that he is aligned with his purpose, mm -hmm. the way that he interacts with the world, the way that he builds his life, for a woman to truly trust that and align herself with that but empowers the man in a way that very few things can. You'll see some of the great things that men have built throughout history when they have been empowered by the beauty and inspiration of a woman, right? Mm. And, and for that, it's a woman need not do a lot other than connect to some of her natural things, which I feel society really moves as far away from the natural. And that's her unique, innate femininity, the softness of her. It's not being hard. It's not overcoming every obstacle. It's not breaking through that. That's, that's very masculine. That energy is very masculine energy. It's more of the soft. You think of the water and the rocks, right? You're, yeah. it's, you know, the rocks are hard, but the water is soft and it can flow through and around them. It can smooth the stones, but the stones still remain hard. And that is how I see the masculine and feminine. The, the, the hard and that structure creates a form that the river can flow through and not just disperse everywhere, but be directed to something greater. And that's where I feel with women being uh, very feminine. And Kevin Samuels, as somebody that I follow, that is often very antagonistic in his approach, he does have some very great wisdom in a couple of things that he mentions. And, and one of them for the masculine is looking for women who are feminine, beautiful, and inspirational. Yeah. The FBI is what he uses. And the beauty is in all levels. It's, mm -hmm. it's not just skin deep, but we are looking for health and radiance of, yeah. of a woman that shows self-care and shows nurturing, mm -hmm. right? And so if you look at beauty, the purpose of beauty is to show health because nature by itself is beautiful, yes. right? So when you step away from that, or we have so many things that try and mimic it, or we try and show health, but not really be healthy. Mm -hmm. It's we try and show, you know, we've altered the body to, mm -hmm. to make it appear that we've nurtured it when really we've, we've disguised it. it mm -hmm. It's different. It's a very yeah. different radiance. And, and that's something that is beauty is to have that internal radiance of health and nurturing, because that also reflects to us the nurturing care that a woman can provide as a mother and creating mm -hmm. family that she can care for herself. She has nurturing care. And that's something that's very attractive on, on, the, on the root level, on the very you yeah. know, primal level. And then inspirational is a woman's beauty, her creativity, the way that she moves the world, the way that her emotions fluctuate in endless ways, the way that she sees things in, in more depth and in, in uniqueness than the masculine 
inspires the masculine、mm. to bring forth more aspects of himself and more creativity that would be it w- wouldn't be available without, you know, that wouldn't be available without the, the feminine there. Yes. Yeah. So those different aspects really help. The masculine feel the attraction and the power of the feminine through her femininity, her softness, her beauty, her inspiration to the world.、Mm. That are all that all should be very natural. It shouldn't necessarily be put on. It's unique to each woman, and bringing that forth authentically will help a man authentically connect with、mm. the true aspects of you. Because you're not hiding that, you're not sheltering it, you're not trying to adjust it. You're truly expressing yourself. So a man can truly match with you, the real you that you bring to the world, and for the feminine, what I have found in my experience, and it's often not communicated, is they are looking to feel a man's power, to to feel his power, to feel his presence, and to be able to trust in his stability within himself. For a man to move like water. Might be exciting for the feminine, but often it doesn't provide security for her to relax into her softness.、Mm-hmm. They might be able to dance wildly, but feeling that a man is here once moment and then gone and next, and his presence cannot be held, is not necessarily something that a woman's heart just opens and blossoms into. She might get excited, and I hear a lot of coaches talking about keeping、uh, a woman guessing, right?、Mm-hmm. Which to me. It is definitely a very effective way of creating some type of polarity, because a woman's mind—you can do all these different pickup artist tricks to occupy her mind, but you don't necessarily occupy her heart.、Mm-hmm. And they say, well, if you trick、It、her、depends. mind into feeling these different things, then you can get her her heart doing these different things.、Yeah. But the the fact of the matter is, she's not being able to relax into the space. Of、yeah. feeling held strongly in your power and within your presence to help you open up.、Mm-hmm. So for a man, feeling confident and feeling in control and in control of thyself, out of other people,、mm-hmm. but of in control of thyself and, and particularly your emotions, having the emotional strength and intelligence that when you are confronted with challenge, that you don't go to. Often for us men, we have two emotions. We have angry, and then pretty good. <laughs> One or the other. <laughs> this is this is the emotional range of most masculine men. Are you doing pretty good? Pretty good. Having a good day. Yeah. Good. Oh man, how, how was, yeah, how's your day? I was good. Oh, it's pissing me off. Right. You know, this, is, this, is, this is it for the masculine, right? So this is、uh, the level of our emotional. Language, unfortunately, for the most part, and when a woman can feel a man that has developed the connection to his emotion and has been able to be disciplined within that and take control and lead from that、mm-hmm. space, then she can move more,、yeah. and he would be able to hold her, and she would be able to feel his centering presence, where she can allow all that, knowing that he's not going to topple. He's not going to fall over, and he will be able to help direct her to deeper understandings of self because she has something to push against and be able to reflect.、Mm-hmm. Versus you try and push something, and now it's pushing back, and it's all chaotic, and now、yeah. you just get chaos. Drama. Once again, <laughs> once again, it might be exciting. I have met people 
mm-hmm. who actually do like drama because they're addicted to it. They either mm-hmm. saw it growing up in telenovelas or yeah. soap operas and exactly. things like that. And and they they have it locked in their mind that that's the way to be. Um, and so it's good to know, like, what is the relationship dynamic? Like, oh, it, it doesn't feel alive yes. if you're not, you know, in that dramatic space. But I think that's just because they're so numb mm. to the subtle beauties of energy because their baseline is chaos. Their yeah. baseline is not grounded presence, love and connection. So those are the things that I feel that men can do is express their power in the world mm. by going out, creating, being structured, building, seeing that allows a woman to see that he's a man that's capable, you know, that he's a leader yes. within his own life that he it can provide for himself and others. Mm-hmm. These are just primal. This is primal. And then we can move up the, the system. Oh, yeah. But yeah. on the primal, that's usually what works. Seeing a man being strong and healthy and radiant. Oh, that's usually starts with, with the attraction. Oh, in conversation with him, he can look me in the eye. He's very comfortable. Mm-hmm. He's playful. He's relaxed. There's not an undertone of anger there because I haven't slept with him yet. Yeah. <laughs> you just, you know, it's like, <laughs> or it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, or he's doing okay. But, yeah, you know, exactly. there's things that he's passionate about. There's things yes. that he, you know, really excite him and he can connect to that full range, but then mm. still be able to deliver his presence and his consciousness yes. Yes. completely mm. when he calls to it. Yeah. So that's, yeah. And I think it's really important to really differentiate because you did point out that, you know, feeling this aliveness in relationship that that is important, but it's so important to find healthy ways to do that. You know, it's not the chaos and the drama that brings that in, in, in a healthy way. And there are many other ways of, you know, igniting that within yourself. Um, what I like a lot is, and, and I grew up like this, I was very fortunate to, to grow up in a, what I would call it a, a spiritual upbringing. I was meditating from the age of six. Um, oh. Even though I grew up in a, in a Christian background from my parents, my mom felt there were some limitations and restrictions within that. And she studied a lot of metaphysics. So back in the day, in fact, she started her own group. So we meditated, we looked at the Bible, we looked at reincarnation, we looked at Buddhism, we had the, the arm symbol as ours. So it was very, very um, wide. And so there was a lot of looking at a lot of different things to find what truth was for me in that time. Um, but one of the things in relationship uh, that that my mom always said, and this was something that stuck with me. And it's why on the surface, I never use the term meet my other half is that she always spoke about coming into relationship as whole Mm. coming into relationship. As you talk about with that authentic self, as you, as you fully can be in this moment and working on your stuff, taking responsibility for your shit and not putting it on other people so that when you do come into contact with that other being, um, you are standing strongly on two legs. Mm -hmm. So it's not like that three-legged race. You finally um, put yourselves together and you topple over if one's not balanced, right? You have two people coming together, strong in their foundation, walking, choosing to walk alongside each other. Um, And that has stayed with me in in a lot of my relationships. And uh, I was speaking to uh, a common friend of ours, a mutual friend, Saida, about this because we spoke about sisterhood and uh, talking about the sacredness of relationship. And I said, but also it comes down to standards, you know, I, I have, I would say I have high standards when I'm relating to anyone else, but certainly in relationship between man and woman, for me, I've always kind of used the 80-20 rule. And that 80-20 rule for me was simply that 
I want 80% of my relationship to be mostly good, <laughs> pretty good. You know, I can use that, right? I want it to be, bring something positive. I want it to, to, to help each, we want us to help each other grow, be a catalyst for the best versions of ourselves as units, but then as individuals and then as units and all of that. When it starts to be, and then 20% of, yes, the ebb and flow of life and relationship, they're going to be some crap moments. And I, that we, we know this. When it gets down to about 70 to 30, I start to question a few things within myself. One, what I'm, you know, it teaches me about my boundaries. It teaches me about, okay, I'm not going to settle for this or those kind of things. When it gets to 60, I get antsy and I think maybe this isn't for me and it never gets to 50. And I use that very, you know, it's a very broad sweep of on the surface of fundamentally going into values and going into what truly matters to me as a person so that I can be in the frequency that feels like what works for me so that I'm attracting something that is um, resonant with that. And because mm. of my work in sound as a sound healer and using sound. So my, my purpose has always been from the age of seven. I knew I wanted to be a singer. I knew sound was going to be a part of my path and I pursued it, you know, the traditional route of touring and, you know, contemporary music in that world. And then moving into the healing aspects I love what you brought about the cells because I talk a lot, a lot about this in my work as well. The vibration, we're all vibration. Um, we live on a vibratory planet. We're vibration and we're at electromagnetic fields. And with all of that vibration, when things are dissonant, it's only coming back to self and coming back to what's natural that's going to bring you back into harmony. And there are things that you can do to do that, but it's not a doing, it's a surrendering into that essence for me of what naturally is there. So I love that you kind of pulls all of these points out in, you know, a lot of what you've shared so far. And so I want to talk now a little bit, if it's okay with you, about the sacredness of going a little bit deeper than the things on the top that you mentioned, which which are deep, but in terms of, as you said, yeah. these are the attributes or the things that men might have or want and, and, and women or female and masculine. I want to know a little bit more about the sacred union. And I know that you, in your work, you, you bring alchemy into your work. So if you want to talk about it from a very energetic way, I'm, I'm really open and curious about that as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, one, I think we can start where, you know, where you mentioned as far as coming into the relationship whole. Yeah. Right. So, so in that, what is that wholeness? Like some people will think that the wholeness is I can do everything mm-hmm. myself. So I don't need Right, so there isn't the the need, which is one way of looking at it. But coming into a relationship like a wholly formed feminine being mm-hmm. or a wholly formed masculine being, so then you can actually still have that energetic exchange yes. that it will allow you deeper surrender because you're not holding up these different things, which will allow you to feel deeper into your femininity because you can actually feel held. It's like you can dance with yourself, but there's some moves that you can't do without a partner. <laughs> right, exactly. You just can't do. You want to be held and, and twirled around the room. It's like, yeah, you could do it in the energy, but it's... <laughs> Still, not like, not going to hold you physically. No. no. <laughs> right, so we came here to also physically embody these experiences. Mm. So knowing what does it look like for your relationship when you are deeply in your feminine and you can relax or you're deeply in your masculine and you can lead without question because you know that you're so trusted that you can move and she's yeah. right there with you. It mm. creates a different feeling. 
you know, when people know how to dance and they're confident in themselves, they're confident in their surrender, they know their, how their body moves mm-hmm. and the other person can read with them, they can move differently than people who don't yeah. as they're fumbling around. Yes. So as we move up, as we move the energy up into moving into a more sacred, the first thing is we have to understand what is sacred, mm-hmm. right? So I'll use the term, you know, everything is sacred and nothing is sacred. Yeah. <laughs> because the, the sacredness is just our own existence and where we put our consciousness. Right? Mm-hmm. Where you put enough consciousness, things get consecrated. They get filled with a certain vibratory frequency. It's kind of like when you make a magnet and you take a piece of iron and you magnetize it. it it's, you know, it's charged in a way that either attracts from one side and repels on another side. But there's a certain amount of energy that is imbued within the object to create that consecration. And that is what you would look at within the relationship. So you have both yourselves as individuals. Mm -hmm. The consecration comes in the form of purpose, Mm -hmm. right? So what is the purpose of your relationship? So some people is like, okay, family, family's good. That's really good. That's still, you know, really primal purpose. What you can do is you can actually, as the masculine and feminine, tie in your natural strengths and abilities within what you are gifted as an individual to tap into some of the other aspects of your partner to help them reach higher levels of achievement in every aspect of life because they feel that energetic support from you that helps support that. So for a man, once again, you might have family and you might be fighting for your family, Mm. right? But you could also have family and be inspired to create something unique that the world has never seen before because you're able to have that support and have that feeling that you're being met in these other places, right? And the world isn't just a danger zone, but it's a place for you to bring about your creativity and authenticity into that. So the big thing is finding purpose. And this is one of the first things that I always do with relationships is trying to find the core root of what is your purpose mm. for union, right? Is it like, oh, I just need somebody there because I get lonely. Okay, yeah. well, that can get filled. And once that's filled, are you ultimately fulfilled? Right. No. Okay, <laughs> well, then you might want to go a little bit deeper. So that's usually, and I have a whole protocols around that these genesis Mm. protocols that help people get back to the root the very first thing their internal purpose their divine purpose that each of us is born with you know there's a unique curiosity about your experience in the world that you're drawn to that a lot of people have washed over in the pursuit of riches in the Mm -hmm. pursuit of fame or in the pursuit of sex or whatever the case may be and in that pursuit they've lost themselves yeah they really have so in that is coming from that purpose-driven place and then finding out with your partner okay which ways can we support each other and then once you find that and that's usually like the work right Mm. that's the exploration that to me is dating which i encourage no one to ever date yeah (laughs) a terrible idea 
Like, yeah. It should be done under, you know, that's, that to me, dating is about, you know, extreme or aggressive negotiations. I, I don't support dating. Yes. Um, it's, it's I, I want to know more about that, but I keep going, keep going. <laughs> yeah. So in this, once, once you have that and you, you've gotten yeah. through that and you mm-hmm. find out who each other is, now is the time to really start working with your creativity, mapping out your life and what you are building together mm-hmm. and happily create it. Right? It's not drudgery. We're yes. gifted this time on this planet. Right? This is something that we wanted to do as souls. We, yes. we signed up for it. And, you know, believe it or not, we are here because we wanted to be here. There's things that we wanted to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And when we can strip away all the other, I'm not rich enough, I need to be this tall, I need to be this beautiful, like all those other things, there's yeah. still things that we want to do. Mm-hmm. Finding someone that wants to go on that adventure of life with you creates a whole different world of experience because every day you wake up full of gratitude that you have another day to just play and experience life with this person. Yeah. Literally you get to play and experience life, this whole weird world Mm -hmm. that everybody thinks they know. Oh, I know physics and I know science. Well, sorry. I was born out of the cosmos into this bizarre place and walking around and it's still magic to me. So yeah. like, if you can, if you can meet me, you've there, got all the answers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah if, you, if you can meet me there, then you're probably the happiest being in the planet. I don't yeah. see that with people who are extremely knowledgeable. They're not the most happy They're You know, they're, they're confined within the own logical realm. So to mm. me, to be able to unlock the experience of the moment, this is part of living tantrically to surrender mm. into your purpose, to surrender into this process of living. Yes. Right. Not fighting with it, but surrender into, oh, there's these different works that have to be done that, that make my life a little bit smoother. These, there's these different things to help keep myself happy. There's, there's these different type of behaviors that create good, healthy, respectful, communicative relationships. Okay, yes. I need to put those on. Just like I learned to walk, I can learn these different things and I can start using them to go different places. And I do that intelligently. And I do mm-hmm. that from an open-hearted, fun place. Yeah. Like we have that amount of control. And, and this is where alchemy comes in. So mm-hmm. I studied with Jim Self and Roxanne Burnett from Mastering Alchemy. And the work that we do is from the left and right high of horse in the ancient mystery schools, mm-hmm. dealing with the left and right hemispheres of the brain, the masculine and feminine, the creative and the logical, the masculine and feminine energies. And one of the things, the masculine being logical and structured, the feminine mm-hmm. being flowy and fluid and always in motion. And working with that, we are learned to develop and understand the concepts of our thoughts, actions, reactions, and emotions are the only things that we have control of. Yeah. That's it. Congratulations. You don't have to do anything else. Just manage those. Yeah. Pretty pretty simple. (laughs) Yeah. Not anyone else's. But yes, your thoughts, your actions, your reactions, and your emotions. This is that's yes. it. That's all you. That's all you can. That's yes, all you can do. Right? I talk about this so much. I, I literally yesterday in in one of my Facebook groups spoke about that interaction piece, and that you cannot control anything else but that your response to someone else. They can drop whatever they want in front of you. Again, I talk about this analogy of because I remembered as a teenager coming to my mom a few times about oh my girlfriend did this or she did that or this guy did that or whatever it might have been that I was feeling, and she'd always get me to pause and go okay, well what is it in you that that touched? 
So like if you're walking under a tree and a bird, you know, does its stuff, the bird didn't go, oh, there's Simone. Let me kind of just drop my stuff on her today. Um, no, it just does its stuff. It happened to land on you. You have a chance now to either brush it off, change your jacket or moan about it all day. Which are you going to choose? And I was yeah. like, you know, these lessons that I don't take them for granted because I've had a lot of this infused in me from a really young age. And for that, I'm very grateful because that is a point that I think in interactions in general, but certainly in relationships, it's it's the biggest piece that people, maybe it's not the biggest piece, but it's a piece that a lot of people miss that can really avoid a lot of grief and drama if they just knew they could take care of themselves and they could take yeah. responsibility for their thoughts, their responses, their behaviors and their actions. So yeah. I love that. I'm going to have to look at this, um, this course because it looks, sounds amazing. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely phenomenal because it gives people connection, understanding and awareness of their emotions and their yes. thoughts and being mm -hmm. able to actually consciously shift them. Yes. And you move yourself from a place of neutrality into a place of joy. Mm. And then bring yourself back to neutral. Yeah. A lot of people can move to anger. Yes. <laughs> they can get yes. angry. You know, so one of the things that once you gain that control, mm. then you can get more awareness and put more energy into the higher levels of activity. So you're aware now of mm. yourself and you're aware of your emotional state. Now yes. you can start making choices because like you said, responsibility, that was one of the terms. Mm -hmm. And if you break that down, it's response mm -hmm. ability, yes. your ability to respond to the situations in life. And currently most people are programmed for problem reaction solution. These mm. are our three states of thought. There's a problem, I have a reaction, and then either I, I just deliver a solution or someone else sells me a solution. Yes. Right? So we don't get much response. It's problem, and then we react. Mm -hmm. You know, bird, birds on us, and then we know we're, we're going to be angry the rest of the day. We don't yeah. take that moment to pause. So one of the most powerful things pause, yes. that <laughs> we can do is literally just hit the pause button. Mm -hmm. Somebody's having a conversation with you and dialogue with you. Don't respond right away. If you can build the habit, so this is a little tool to, yes. to, to be able to share with the audience, is if you can build the habit, it's when somebody speaks to you and, and there's a pause in it, that you actually give it three seconds. And I think you see this with indigenous people. You know, it's great if you ever got to sit with any uh, indigenous people or definitely the indigenous native tribes of the Americas, there's a cadence and a pace that is mm -hmm. slower. Yeah. There, there's a cadence and a pace that is slower. And there's uh, the term, the old talking stick where, you know, someone would speak when they're in circle and in ceremony. And I believe some of the constitution was built off of this tribe. I have to, I have to remember which one it is, but the, the whole talking stick was some, the only person with the stick would talk Yeah, and then they would pass it. But if somebody was going to respond, the person who received the stick didn't just start talking. How it worked is the person who received it would actually respond to the person who communicated what they communicated to yeah. the satisfaction of the person who communicated it to make sure that message was received. Yes. And then once it was, then they would hand the stick and then they would start. And I think it's George Bernard Shaw that said the greatest illusion about um, communication or the greatest misconception about communication is that it's 
taken place or some derivative <laughs> of that. It's, you know, we think that the other person understood what we said, mm. but you, you have to know that the audience and the audience is anybody that you're communicating with coming from their entire life and their entire experiences and their entire world of hardships and challenges and busyness that they have a different perspective. So they might not be hearing you the way yeah. that you think you're communicating. Yes. And that exercise of waiting, talking, you know, hearing what somebody says, responding to them to make sure that you heard it in the way that they were communicating it before you start talking will mm. change dynamic. It'll be a little bit slower, but you'll be amazed at how much further you're able to move the conversation. Yes. And once again, it really depends on how you're talking. If you're just talking to entertain, you might just be having a good laugh and throwing it back and forth. But becoming conscious of that back and forth will yes. change your relationship dynamic. It'll have you more present. It'll have you more connected. So you can be more deliberate and intentional with the energies, the frequencies, and the vibrations that you want to relay to that person. Yes. I love that. I um, I think it was Michael Neal, one of the coaches that I trained with many years ago, and I really love love this particular piece that in, he speaks a lot about that, um, that often people think of things in the formula cause and effect. And so he's put cause at the beginning, pause, respond, and then effect. So that the effect of whatever's then received, you've already had the pause in the middle, you've responded to it, not necessarily verbally, but then verbally, and then there's the effect of what then it what comes out. And it's so much different with those elements in between. I love breaking that down into a formula. I also just love the practice of stopping for a moment. I know in my relationships, um, I am very good, I would say, at noticing when someone's going into somewhere that I don't want to go, not to follow them. But it takes obviously an awareness certainly of that, but also choosing not to be triggered or responsive. Mm -hmm. However, on the other side of that, what I had to learn personally was I was very good at not responding and working through all the stuff myself and taking my own responsibility for it that sometimes I didn't always speak up when it was right to do so. So I yeah. wonder if you could speak about that a little bit, just if there's anything, <clears throat> a nuance there that people like I learned how to do after time could really look at. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think one of the things that you addressed is one of the biggest issues that I have found and challenges that I have found with women mm. is the throat chakra and the ability mm. to communicate has been hampered through years of oppression and Countless other abuses, but of we'll course. just we'll just, we'll yes. just simplify it for the sake yes. of you know we could do a whole show on that exactly exactly. But this is <laughs> this is in the healing of it. Mm. This is the the part of woman that I see very close down, right? Is the throat chakra and the ability to communicate and being mm. quote unquote silenced, right? Yes. And how it works now that you you see it is now a lot of women are shouting back. Right. So what it creates is now this this dissonance like, OK, because mm -hmm. if somebody's shouting at you um, and especially if you didn't deliberately call them pain, it's like, OK, how do you want to really connect with them? You're not yeah. able to to really hear them even clearly. It's like mm -hmm. you, you don't really know. You don't you can't see what's really going on. So that's the part I really look to encourage and as well as for the masculine to encourage to be able to sit back and listen and say, hey, you know what? I would really like to hear from you. And for a woman to know this, woman, 
and, and the feminine have intuition and are born with innate sensitivities that are far beyond the masculine just naturally. Your sensitivities in your immediate area are mul- they're just multitudes. As I have tried in energetically to connect to the feminine, I'm always blown away by how much is literally going on. And, and the way that I see it is, you know, for the masculine, usually our energy is like a laser. We often concentrate it. It's this, and it's this, it's this, it's this. Okay, here it is. Okay, you split the laser. It's like doing two things. You can't really go too far. But with a woman, it's like a soft, warm glow that can radiate and mm. expand and just fill a volume of space. Yeah. And, and it's very different is that feminine energy, that warming energy. Mm. Um, and the other way that I look at it is when it comes to processing for the masculine it's like we can process things very quickly in a linear direct fashion it's like this this decision that decision this yes no yes no yes no very very binary but with women it's like the hexadecimal it's multi-threaded it's you know a a lot of calculations in a lot of different areas at once Mm -hmm. where a man might have already got to a a conclusion on something it's like oh what, what are you thinking about it's it's this but the woman's feeling into all these other possibilities on all these other calculations. So it's just a much more massive amount of calculations that is being t- taken place. And yeah. a man's usually like, okay, it's not a decision. It doesn't matter. And they're truncating. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're cutting off all these different things into uh, the, the feminine. It's often that they, they feel it and it has value, you know, and for what I would consider a more wise men would be able to be able to, stay with women and connect on each one of those Mm. to be able to see that, which one helps a woman be seen Mm -hmm. and helps her be heard that he's not already just sitting here waiting for her to catch up. And he's just frustrated and going to anger. (laughs) Like, okay, I was cool. (laughs) Now we're supposed to do this. Bring bring that out in me to share anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Now now he's just sitting there and he's just like, so, but to actually meet her and go into that path so he can actually feel the feminine flow with him. Like, Oh yeah. You know, I really think it's this. And like, can you join me there? Okay. What else is going on? Tell me about that. Like to encourage that. And to, to me, this is where one of our big disconnects has happened and one of the, the important things for women to know. For men, because we don't have that sensitivity, this goes back to that sensitivity that I was talking about for women. That, that little tangent was just a tangent because we're back. In this space, when a man is off, he's coming from a place that's not necessarily his purpose. He's moved from one of these other spaces. It might be lust. It might be, you know, power. And one of these other things really captivates him. Mm. It is the voice of a loving woman that can help him come back to his center and come back to his purpose. That if that voice isn't there, he can move into tyranny. Mm. He can move into abuse of power. You will see this with men who haven't had loving mothers. Mm-hmm. You will see this with a man who's lost his wife. You will see this with a man who has been betrayed or hurt by a woman. And now his anger can go into these other places where if a man is angry and he's about to fight and he's all riled up and a woman can actually get in front of them, look him in the eyes and say, honey, let's go. Mm. It would take him right to his heart. If there's that true connection there, it'll take him right to his heart 
and he can move in a direction yes. from the heart mm-hmm. because we can, we'll move right to our head. This is, this is our natural progression for the masculine is to stay here, stay ontological. I know this is what to do, this blah, 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 blah. If we are ever moving from a space that is not our heart, it is a woman's voice. Mm-hmm. It is this beautiful gift of the feminine to call a man back to his heart and to direct him back to his purpose. Often, unfortunately, in this world of commerce, women's voices have been used to call a man to his lower desires and not his greatest purpose. You just take a look at what's happening on Instagram. You take a look at TikTok and everything else. Women are calling men to the lower energetic centers Lower on the body, not higher, lower. It's like, I love sex. It's a high vibrational thing. Don't, (laughs) don't look at like, oh, what's he talking about? Negative sex. No, no, no. No, This is one of the most highest, one of the most beautiful things. I'm talking about moving a man into a state of lust and a state of desire, but not really truly wanting to connect with him. Mm. What, this is what I can call sirening, right? So women have uh, the ability in, in, if we're going to use lore here, to siren and lead a man to the depths and destruction and the rocks and the doom. If you hear the stories of the sirens, yes. leave Jason and the Argonauts. It's <laughs> the story of Jason yeah. and the Golden Fleece, right? Beautiful stories in, in Greek culture. And, and yeah, that's, sure. that's, that's one of them. But oh, siren will literally call a man to his doom, right? She will use lust. She will use those lower things to pull his attention. And as he stares his attention, where energy go, where attention goes, energy flows. His energy and his attention is moving into these places. But guess what? For most women, as they call it, what they wanted was his attention. But now that they have it, and it also comes with his sexual energy, they don't want it. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, I just wanted mm-hmm. your attention. Oh, I knew moving my, you know, shaking my body, you know, mm-hmm. making everything jiggle is going to bring <laughs> your attention. But now, oh, there's more than your attention. Should I give me? No, no, no. Like, I don't right. want it. I don't, I don't, I don't really want it. Not from you. You can give me your <laughs> likes. Give me your comments on how great I am because I feed off of that. Mm-hmm. So essentially women who are doing that are pulling man's attention into this lower space. So that's, you could have that siren energy. Or you can have the angelic, the voice of an angel, mm-hmm. that voice that heals, that comforts, that guides to the cosmic, that guides to divinity. That's yeah. the other voice. These are the things that can be done. And for the masculine, it, it's very much the same. It's, you mm-hmm. know, the man can use his voice to help a woman empower, open up, and express her full nature in her abundance and beauty, or he can limit her and he can, you know, put her in a box so tight that the pressure of the water just is choking her out. Like she Mm. can't even feel herself. She's just in it. And, and these are our greatest abilities is to use our words. We can change Mm -hmm. someone's day with our words. I've had conversations and people have thanked me because a conversation with me literally stopped them from suicide. That's to think that your voice has the ability to save a life, to change a life. Somebody who said, you know, you inspired me and now my career is, is in a whole other place and I would never have done that yeah. if I never talked to you. These are the things that we could be doing from our power mm-hmm. and from our purpose. So this is where, you know, I encourage women. It's so important now more than ever yes. to help Use your voice to your heart 
like mm. connected to your heart and know that you would want to see the best out of a man and be yeah. able to ask questions. And it's in those asking of questions and speaking what a woman desires creates more in the world of what she desires mm-hmm. with nice. a woman repressing that what happens is men will do what they think a woman wants, which we have usually no idea, honestly, <laughs> and therefore will use tools of manipulation, mm. fancy car, you know, watches, suits, and all these other things just to, to, you know, because, and the reason why is it goes back to the primitive. Right. We will do whatever mating dance needs to be done to <laughs> connect with you. Right. It doesn't matter. If that's what gets the women, we'll do that mating dance and we will come. Oh, yeah. what do we do? That's what get the girls? Cool, we're going to do That's what it. I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's what I'm doing. Like, And you'll see it. It doesn't even have to be the same species. Yeah. <laughs> you, 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 if, you, if you have the right duck call and you sound like you're doing that dance. It's a bit like what? the duck I saw over the other side of the planet. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, it doesn't look like it, but it sounds like it good enough. Like if yeah. that's attracting it, you know, for beetles, <laughs> you know, one of the things I found out, like there's a certain type of beetle that a bottle cap looks like mm-hmm. a really, you know, uh, sensual feminine figure. And the male beetles will go and try and mate with it. Like, yeah. it, it, knowing <laughs> I that don't want it. <laughs> it's like, even though it's just a bottle cap, it's just like, oh, I'm just like, there is a natural attraction there. Mm. So I do want to speak to what you said just now, because I love that you, from both the masculine and feminine or man and woman, speaking about the words and how powerful they can be. Um, And I also kind of want to bring the the intention and energy behind those words into it. Um, When I saw you conversing on a previous podcast, like I mentioned to you, um, it wasn't just about the words that you were using to describe things, but it was the clean, clear intention and, and energy behind those words that for me was pulling me to listen. I wanted to know more about what was coming through underneath the words right now not everyone will necessarily think about that consciously I love thinking about these things Um, I like to play in in that world of what's going on behind the scenes if you like Um, and so to speak to that and you 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 mentioned about the sensitivities that women have or the, the the inner knowing and sense that that men can pick up on so as you said, if a man is saying something to you, you know, there's so many art of the sweet talk and the flirt and the wonderful things that, you know, people can say to each other, but underneath there is an agenda or underneath it's not truth or underneath it's, you know, so I want to know a little bit more about the sensing into that energy behind what is being said for a list for the listener who, you know, you know, likes to hear the words, the words are great. I feel great when someone tells me I'm beautiful or whatever. And it's lovely when people do, but there's something behind it. What can we do to start sensing into that energetically? Yeah, definitely. Um, the thing is to be able to actually speak to it, mm-hmm. right? This is the part that we hold back, right? Yes. You don't have to, you don't have to be like, Oh, you know what? That's really sweet. I feel that there's something else. Yeah, I kind of feel, you know, I get this a lot from guys. This is, a, you know, a woman responding to a man who is <laughs> saying all those sweet things. It's like, I, I get I get that a lot. You know, I get this feeling a lot from guys. And it's, it's a lot of sweet talk. But, you know, where do you ultimately want to go with it? Yeah. I, I can feel the sexual energy. Is that it? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. Call it out. 
Like, yeah. but it, it can be gentle. It can be gentle. Yes. But like, no, I, I understand. Like, totally. Um, and there's yeah, also I, the I step like- before it because you talk about I can sense the sexual energy, or I mean, there's that step of sensing. Yeah, and, and acknowledge it. Yeah, and acknowledge it. And the guy will be like, "You're crazy." No, I'm just, you know, I'm just having a good time. Like, so first of all, he's going to try and make you sound crazy. Guys, stop that. First, yeah. of, first things first. <laughs> Stop, stop men please let us stop that, he's calling right? you out man listen like, up look at, and, and this is for me too i've had to stop myself it's like <laughs> no you're right yeah yes you're right so that, that's that's one of the things is that's the authenticity right? yes like hmm. yeah i definitely find you desirable and you can you yeah. can feel my sexual and you can radiating just, yeah and, and that, that that's fine and you know i might not know where this goes Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm willing to take it slow or, you know, I'm just looking for something that's casual. Yeah. Just deal with the reality of it and communicate it to give people choice. Using manipulation to get what you want only puts you in a world that manipulation is the only way for you. Yeah. yeah. Right. If you do not feel that you can authentically get you what you want, you become a liar. Yeah. It changes who you are as an individual. Absolutely. If you can't do it from your authenticity, just don't do it. Mm. Right, but we've kind of agreed to play this game of lies between the masculine and feminine. Yeah, we've kind of agreed to do that. It's, it's been a silent agreement, but it's robbed us of the That's deeper so connections that, that. Yeah, mm. so much. So yeah. Much. So yes, men, you know, be able to be upfront about it. Women, yeah. if you're feeling something, acknowledge it. Men, if you're feeling something, acknowledge it, saying, I'm feeling a little bit of this or that. Try and feel, first of all, for a yeah, yeah. <laughs> I Try and feel into it. Like, hey, I feel like you're, you know, you're pulling back or anything. Like, mm. you can be honest with me. Like, if it's a little too much, it's a little too much. And that's okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's something to, to feel into. We can talk into because her seeing that you are acknowledging her uncomfort already puts you in a different class of men. I'll tell you yes. that right now. Yes. I'll tell you that right now. It's being able to slow down and see, like, you know what? Let's not go any further. I can feel that mm. you're hesitant. Let's just chill. Yeah. Let's just relax. Call it. You know? Call Let's it like it is. Yeah. yeah. Like, you don't have to. You you might want what you want. Yeah. But nothing's going to feel better than getting what you want from a person who wants to give it to you. Mm. Right? Yeah. It's great. Like when I do business with with clients in, you know, the world of technology, because I work in technology as well. I work in, mm-hmm. you know, uh, big companies. It's the person who's like, I want to do business with you. Like, yeah. I want you to take my money. Like, yeah. let's go into business. This is going to be great. That's who I want to want. The person's like, oh, no, nah, I don't, mm, I don't know. I don't know. And if you can talk them into it, I guarantee you're on your way to a return. Like, yeah. they're not... <laughs> But it's like you said, them being able to say, I want to do business with you. Yes, you're the person I want to work with. It's because you've come authentically. It's because you've come into a space where you can say, this is what I can provide. And this is what I want to do. This is how I want to help you get be better in what you're doing. And so all the things that you've outlined throughout this conversation just comes right back into that in a business setting, which I absolutely love that you yeah, did it's, it's universal. Like you want, you want things in full agreement, right? Yeah. You want to be That's met it. in full agreement. You don't want to use manipulation. Clarity trumps persuasion, mm-hmm. right? Clarity trumps persuasion. As a marketer, this is something that I've learned. It's like, oh, wow. Tell people what it does and ha- make sure that it actually does it. And if that's the case... <laughs> Then you you have something good. You're good, there. yeah. Like, that's it. Water doesn't need to sell itself. It no. will hydrate you. What? I'm thirsty. Hydration. Win. Yes. 
exactly. <laughs> and I have one question that you, we've spoken about this a lot, and I, and I know that both of us talk about this in our work, but I also know that this is something that's thrown around a lot. We talk about the mm. authentic self, you know, yes. be your authentic <laughs> self. And it's not, for me, I talk about this in a way that it is a dance between the, the in, in terms of being your authentic self in the world, that is this dance between the deepest parts of you and your way of authentically expressing that into the world. Um, because obviously saying this is who I am in this moment with growth and you know evolution of self and transformation, you may look back and think, well, I thought I was my authentic self 10 years ago, but now I feel even deeper into that, or now I feel like, a, like I'm, I'm really there. So talk to me about that authentic self for you so that we can kind of just bring that into full, yeah. I guess, full circle. Yeah, definitely. And that, that's something, if you're interested in connecting, definitely reach out to me. I, that's something that I'll be putting up shortly is I've taken people through this Genesis protocol and mm. helping them rebirth themselves to their authentic self because we have so many layers of yes. programming on top of us from teacher, preacher, parents, you know, all the societal programming telling us who we should yeah. be. It's kind of clouded our what I would consider our divine essence, right? Yes. It's like we've thrown a bunch of blankets on our light and then we poke a hole in it and a little bit of it shines, but then we cover it back up in case, you know, it gets criticized or something like that. Yeah. So that's something that is, is a, a deeper process to go through, but it is a process that can be done. And I've done it, yes. you know, with the hundreds of people, you know, all throughout my years and dozens of people that immediately within three hours, they're able to recalibrate their whole system yeah, into, yeah, into their original code. So to go back into the authentic self. So yeah, that's a program that I'll be releasing uh, soon mm. and to help people be able to have it. Mm -hmm. But until then, the authentic self, and this is where it's important. And one of the people that I've, you know, what I would consider my mentor but not in this lifetime, but through his work and his wife's work and their girlfriend's work. And I say their wife and girlfriend because it's William Moulton Marshton. Mm. For those of you who don't know, William Moulton Marshton, Elizabeth um, Marshton and Olive Brine, they were the triad that created Wonder Woman mm -hmm. and the lie detector test. People that were far above their years in the 1930s Wow. And it's, it's a great, um, William, um, Marston's Wonder Woman is a great video if you want to see it, but you can look into the story. Mm -hmm. But it's fascinating. And I'll, I'll tell a little bit about the story and then I'll get into the work specifically. So um, Marston and his wife were both professors at Harvard, both have PhDs and law degrees. So high level intelligent people. Um, he also was in uh, World War One, So he fought in World War One. And one of the things he was, him and his wife were working on was the lie detector test. Mm. And some of the things from there and his book in the motions of normal people is, I think it's just on the first page or the second page is the line. And to summarize it is if someone is to lie, it creates a physiological change within the body that it actually becomes measurable, meaning that lying moves us into an abnormal state of being. So we are no longer ourselves, but we are this version of ourselves when we lie. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So you are one way when you're natural and you're talking and you're speaking authentically. Yeah. And then as you lie, your physiology changes. So much so that it's measurable through different devices. Mm-hmm. So if you are operating consistently from this space of a lie, you are not operating authentic. And you know, one of the lines that I love is the heartbeat beats a record of the truth. Your heart mm-hmm. beats a record of the truth. I love right. That. So you'll notice, you know, when you're, if you've done something wrong growing up and you're trying to hide it, you can literally feel, you know, little, little lies about like, what's your favorite color? Like orange, like you're lying. That's not really going to change, but really meaningful things. Mm. Did you do this? Did you hurt somebody? Did you steal something? Did you, something that has consequence to it? Yes. You know, do you love this person? Do you not like that level of vulnerability? When you start moving into that vulnerable space, that's when you you can feel internally with your heart if you're going to be, you know, if you're in a lie or I speak the truth and I can relax it. Yeah. Right. Mm. So these lies literally were holding these energetic. It's kind of like walking like this and saying, no, this is my natural state of being, but nothing's wrong with your back. But I'm telling everybody that this is the way that I walk, but it's not my natural being. And then when I'm at home alone, I try and relax into this. But every time I go out, I have to do this. And it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm always, you know, kind of out of alignment, Mm -hmm. right? Alignment. Like, can I get into my internal alignment? So the thing is, authenticity is you're going to have to be extremely vulnerable. That's one first thing is you're going to have to be vulnerable. Like things aren't always going to, you know, you're not going to control things by you adjusting yourself. Don't, uh, you know, it's like, Oh, I can adjust all these other things. If I become something else, Yeah, you're just going to have to deal with Mm -hmm. things that aren't necessarily in alignment or in resonance. And that's a good thing. Yes. You don't like trying to get what you think you want by being someone else does not get you what you truly want. No. What you're doing is you're creating a different set of desires versus your true desires, Yes, which mm. you can change totally. But yeah, there's, there's certain things when you want it, you want it. If yeah. you are craving a pizza and someone offers you a banana, it just doesn't satisfy doesn't the same it. way. It just doesn't <laughs> satisfy the same way. There's like, there, there's certain things you want what you want and yeah. that's okay. So don't change your desires or mm-hmm. try and change being desirable to yes. try and get something that isn't necessarily right for you. Yeah. Just deal with the truth of it all. Yes. And that, that is part of, you know, what I consider much more mature and an adult way of connection yeah. is it's not necessarily about finding and getting and hunting, right? It's not like, oh, I'm going to hunt. I'm going to go out and I'm going to go, go get this girl. I'm going to go get that. It's about filtering. Mm. It's about connecting and filtering all the different frequencies and making sure that all that's right flows to you. Mm-hmm. And all that is not flows around you. Yeah. Very simple. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, what type exactly. of life are you creating? We'll bring all those elements in. Mm-hmm. Don't force them. Don't yeah. force them. Yeah. I like to see it as the, you being the thermo, um, thermostat mm-hmm. rather than the thermometer. Mm-hmm. Adjust your temperature. And if you don't like the tropics, I'm afraid you are going to have to live somewhere else. <laughs> 
right? <laughs> because that's the frequency, that's the heat I'm giving off. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, then we have the thermometer, that way of being on the outside, those, as you say, things on the outside of you, testing the temperature to see whether it's right for you or not. So I love that. And I, and I, I, I'm nodding yes, and I'm saying no, because I'm very much in alignment with that way of thinking about the authentic self. And a lot of the work that I do is actually in aligning with that. Um, and it takes um, definitely reconditioning, peeling back the layers of things that we think are, is this really true? Or is this what I've been taught to be, to be the truth, right. you know, peeling those things back, um, which takes uh, vulnerability. It takes courage to admit that to yourself as well, especially when it's, it's been a long time imprinted. It's like, I have to be brave enough within myself to go, no, that's not true. And I can, okay. I can exist. I can exist in my truth. So I really love that. And, um, I'm so grateful to, to have been able to chat with you. I knew that we would have a lot of things in common in the way that we that we talk about this work. And, and I was really excited, as I said, about it and that the way you communicate as well. So I'm very, very thankful to having you on. No, thank you and, once again. I'm honored, yeah. I'm honored to be yes. here. Yes, oh, love it. And so I can't wait to find out about your course. So I will get all the details about that and have some links and everything ready when you are. Um, but I just want to acknowledge you, um, you know, just from my heart to yours for the work that you're doing and the impact that you're making out in the world, helping people to heal and to really get into that authentic space. Because I, I honestly and truly feel that the more of us doing that as individuals, of course, it's just going to create a ripple effect out into the world and what a better place to live than one that's real well one that is you know just filled with love and light and and all the wonderful things that we know is possible and the magic that is possible as well oh yeah Mm. yeah. so i have one final question for you and that is what is your soulful sound to the world so that's a prayer or desire that you wish for the world right now definitely well if I was to pray, as I do, my prayer would be that you would hear my voice now and remember the time that you remembered who you are, truly and deeply, not just as a body, but as a soul that has come here to have experiences, and not to be a body walking through this world, but the entire cosmos walking through a body in amazement of the space and all the brothers and sisters around us that we get to experience this realm with and enjoy it while we have it fully authentically full of love and our greatest potential. And that is my prayer for the world. No words. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please feel free to share it with your friends and remember to subscribe. From my heart to yours, sending you love, healing, and sound wherever you are.